The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and KMAN Sports Director, Mitch Fortner. All right, everybody, now's the time to be honest. Don't kid yourself anymore. Just let it out. Just let people know. It's time to admit. Did you get fooled by the Tubi commercial? <laughs> did you fall for it? Did you think, who the hell's turning the channel? I think it got a lot of people. It was my favorite commercial of the Super Bowl. Jazz and I talked about it briefly this morning that even at a bar, she's like, who's jacking around with the room? Yeah. I went to my parents' house. It was Lindsay, her kids, and I. We went to my parents' house, and there was probably probably 20 people there, maybe a little bit more. It's not a big bar or anything that my dad built in the garage, but it is the, uh, the big destination to go watch the Super Bowl in Morganville, Kansas. And I'm watch. I'm paying attention to the commercials. I'm interested in that as well. I like to hear and see the humor that these companies have come up with and who they've drawn in to be a part of their commercials to see if they made a good commercial or not. I think it's a fun part of the Super Bowl. I'm into the halftime yes. show as well. Yes. And of course, more than anything, though, I'm into the game for sure. But you know, it's second half time and. Um, watching the commercials and everybody's kind of John talking back and forth. It's all Chiefs fans there. And uh, I see the Tubi commercial. But I noticed like when they went to Burkhardt and Olsen, they went back to the, hey, welcome back to Super Bowl 57. It was very... Stilted. Yeah. You know, it was obviously not the live coverage. And then you see the Tubi commercial come up where somebody's like on the fire stick or whatever. They're changing over to a different... They're, they're basically changing from Super Bowl coverage to a movie. And Lindsay's kids fell for a hook, line and say, <laughs> her son Harper was like, what, what the hell? Who, he, he's about to fight somebody. He's like, who is turning the channel? It's the fourth quarter. It's the Super Bowl. Who's turning the channel? He's trying to figure out who did it. And I was like, I think it's part of the commercial there. And it, that was that was that was really funny. But then I get online and like everybody's falling for it. Yeah. Somebody at every Super Bowl party fell for it and was wondering who the hell is messing with the remote. The best part about that is that everybody knows the commercial now. The worst part about that is it frustrated so many people that it's still rated low. Oh, come on. Get over it. I think that's what amount that it came down to is that it hacked people off so much that screw this. We're going to just mark that one down the list. That reminds me of two years ago, because Mahomes also two years ago had an injury, and it, was, uh, it wasn't for the Super Bowl, though, it was for the AFC Championship game. Um, I think it was two years ago. Maybe it was, maybe it was actually, maybe it was uh, three years ago for the first, uh, you know, Super Bowl 54. I think maybe it was that time. I don't remember exactly. But uh, we were all kind of waiting. Like, we all knew who was going to play. It just wasn't announced, and everybody was kind of waiting for this announcement. And then I, I decided to pull a joke on everybody who happened to be listening at 8.45 in the morning show. I was like, uh, breaking news, Patrick Mahomes will not be playing in the AFC Championship. Dave Lewis gave me this look like, oh, my God, we're screwed. 
I waited maybe two seconds after saying that. Like I was like, guys, I'm just joking. I mean, he's gonna play. He's gonna. People were calling in. That was so unprofessional. Need to treat this in the most professional manner. It's not fun to joke around. I'm like, get over it, guys. I said it a hundred times before. Then he's gonna play. There's nothing to worry about. Just take the joke. Right. It's funny. Right. Yeah. Lighten up, folks. The Tubi thing was really good. Lighten that was up, Francis. If you haven't heard yet, guys, and uh, this might be breaking news, Detroit, who went to bed early. No, stop it. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35. Yes, I know this is Wildcat Insider, but we're going to take this time. We're going to take this time to congratulate the Kansas City Chiefs on their second Super Bowl victory in four years. Patrick Mahomes and the bad ankle got it done. And what a dominant performance it was in the second half by the Chiefs, and especially that offense, the offensive line, kept the Eagles, for the most part, out of the backfield and protected Patrick Mahomes better than you could possibly imagine. And I went into the Super Bowl, I'm like, hey guys, listen, the Philadelphia Eagles kind of have the best pass rush in the NFL, and it's statistically, when it comes to the sack numbers, the third best season ever, ever in NFL history of a pass rush team. And Patrick Mahomes with a bad ankle is going to have to be scrambling all over the yard? That doesn't seem like a no. good mix. Doesn't seem like a good mix. And I had this theory. I was like, so it was a big conversation on the broadcast about how guys are slipping all over the place. The, the, the surface, the playing field, it just wasn't very good. I think it was Chris Jones after the game said it was a trash surface. And it was like some new grass I don't know. They're they're making some big deal about some new grass. We just first time we're using this grass, and we're gonna try it out for the Super Bowl. Plus, Arizona already has an issue with playing surface anyway. The way they decided to do things, going outside, making the grass, growing it, whatever, rolling it back in, and it's not the first time that that stadium has had an issue with its turf and the playing surface. Week one of the NFL season is a great example of that because the Chiefs were. We're so unhappy about it. Mitch Holtis, who came mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the next week or the week after, talked about that and how bad the playing surface was and how big of an issue. I, I thought, you know, maybe that's actually a big issue for those uh, for the rushers of the Eagles and real, probably the Chiefs as well because they had two sacks in the game. But I was like, you know what? They're really chopping their feet. They're wanting to make some moves. They're, you know, trying to get around. Andrew Wiley was um, uh, Has- uh, Hassan Reddick who was their leader in sacks, and man, did Wiley do a great job. But I was like, you know, maybe some of the surface had a little bit of a, had a, little bit of a say in any sort of success for anybody's pass rush. But what everybody is talking about after Super Bowl 57 is the holding penalty on the Eagles and how that, for the neutral fans of the game, well, I'm sure the Eagles are not happy. About, Eagles fans aren't happy about it as well. But it was James Bradbury who got away with a pass interference on Juju Smith-Schuster, got away with it, no flag, and then in the final drive for the Chiefs, he gets called for a holding a defensive holding penalty, gives Kansas City a first down at the 11 yard line, and Kansas City from there on out is able to run out the clock, kick a game-winning field goal with six seconds left, and Eagles. And we saw the arm of Jalen Hurts, and he was able to basically line drive it 60 yards down the field way short than where he needed to go. That was a tough play anyway, no doubt about that. But 
was it a hold? Was it not a hold? People were so entitled. Like, how dare you referees take away oh, the ending we were going to get to this classic Super Bowl. Hey, even though the ending was the way it was, it was still a classic Super Bowl. I knew it was going to be an all-timer. And to me, it was an all-time Super Bowl. It was a fantastic game. And congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs for winning one of the best Super Bowls ever. But to me, my thought was after re-watching the the, the you know watching the replay on the broadcast and also watching it back in the office when Troy got here I watched it probably five or six times just to make sure I had my opinion where I you know where I felt confident it was a holding penalty it it is what it is it was a holding penalty they missed one earlier on him this just so happens it was at the end of the game they threw the flag oh you just got to let him play out to the Super Bowl I thought it was obvious it was a a holding penalty. He held him twice. And then, by the way, after the game, James Bradbury said, you know, not exactly this way, but like, yeah, I held him. I was just hoping to get away with it. To me, yes, it was a holding penalty. Was not a big deal. Was not a big deal. I thought it was a bigger deal that Devontae Smith and his catch was taken away. The one where he caught on the sideline Mm -hmm. and – Goes to the turf. He, he he was already out of bounds. His knee was already down, and then just didn't comp- what the replay booth felt was that he didn't complete the process of the catch when he went down to the field, went down and landed his arms landed on the field, and then the ball moves. I was like, but did he ever lose the grasp of the ball in his hands? Whoever reviewed it up in the booth uh, for the broadcast was like, I disagreed. I can't remember who that was, but you know, I thought that was a bit of a travesty, really. And maybe you know that's a play. You know, that instead of getting three, you could add seven if you're the Eagles. I, you know, there's a lot. Of, every single game has multiple moments that can swing it in any sort of direction. The Eagles gave Jalen Hurts gave the Chiefs a touchdown. The fumble, yeah, the fumble. Mm-hmm. That's another play that swung momentum into. Well, I mean, oh. if it wasn't for that touchdown, you're talking about a blowout in the Super Bowl because Kansas City's offense, other than the first touchdown drive, wasn't going a very you know, it wasn't doing no, no. what it did in the first drive. It it was nothing close. The Eagles defense up to that point had done a stellar job of completely flummoxing what Kansas City was trying to accomplish and keeping them away from being able to move upfield. That and time of possession. Yeah, the fact that the Eagles held on to the ball so long offensively uh, kept Kansas City off balance, kept the offense off the field, and that gave Philadelphia the opportunity to build that lead, give themselves a cushion. It wound up not standing up because of the fumble. You don't get that fumble there. Say they cash that in, and yeah, you're right. It turns into a blowout. Then maybe you have a little bit of a horse race to the end, but for the most part, at that point of the ball game. Kansas City doesn't get that fumble, and who knows what Philadelphia is going to be able to accomplish defensively on the next Kansas City drive. Well, let's not forget, I mean, before that, Harrison Butker misses a field goal. Yes. And, you're, and as a, I, I, I could see the Chiefs fans like, oh my God, can we please just finally cut this guy? I just mean, get rid of him. I mean, between between Butker missing a field goal and Carl Sheffers at referee, uh, you know, Chiefs fans had to be wondering. But I mean, the drive after that, three plays, two yards, punt. Five plays, nine yards, punt. The offense really stalled the last two drives of the of the first half, but it's just it's a ten point game. And Philly had all the momentum plus on the last offensive play of the first half, Mahomes is limping. 
and he, he you know he is limping off the field after he got he got tackled by his ankles but you know I thought you know the the eagle who tackled him it wasn't anything vicious didn't twist his ankle or anything no. just tripped him up never really grabbed him he just really tripped him up just a basic and, play and Mahomes fell to the ground I, I was honestly surprised he was limping that bad after that kind of tackle. I, I didn't think it was really much. I, I think that there was enough weight put on him that that aggravated it. I think he kind of pulled at it inadvertently, just you know, added added that kind of pressure to it. Plus, with what we talked about in terms of condition of the field, that may have played a role as well. He may have slipped a little, and you start factoring in any little tweak at that point. Had to be pretty painful. But hey, shout out to the Super Bowl for having a 30-minute halftime instead of, what, 10 to 15 minutes? Yes. <laughs> Rihanna, I thought it was a good show. Um, there were times I couldn't tell if she was singing live or lip-syncing, or were we getting a mixture of both, just kind of you know, singing along with the track? Mm-hmm. I thought we... Kind of felt like we got above. I was like, for sure. I was like, she is absolutely singing. She's doing a great job. Oh, no, she's definitely lip syncing. That's where we go to Travion. Trey was the halftime show. Good, great. Okay. What do you say? I thought it was pretty good. I liked how minimalist it was compared to like some previous ones. Um, the platforms going up and down in the air, I thought was a, a really sweet touch. It was Fol- really cool. Folks have had a lot of fun Nintendoizing those today. Yeah, I keep seeing Super Smash Brothers memes Super about Super it. Mario Brothers memes, yeah. I keep seeing 98 King of the Ring when uh, Taker threw Mankind <laughs> off the hell in a cell. <laughs> I think we've all seen the highlight of that, and uh, I thought that was a sweet touch. friend of mine did comment, though. Pregnant, has a new album coming out, and on a platform like that. No, you couldn't pay me enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the big debate now, because obviously we didn't know she was pregnant till yes. last night. So everyone was like anticipating a new album, a new tour, and I don't think that will be the case. Maybe a new album, but I don't think she'll go on tour this year. Well, you know, there's some theories out there about the message or, you know, kind of what was uh, the imagery, I guess, of of course, of what she was wearing and what her dancers were wearing and how that, you know, kind of implied as well that she was pregnant. And uh, anyway, (laughs) let's get to the second half because... Man, I thought the offensive line for Kansas City was lights out. Patrick Mahomes showed off, you know, showed why he's the goat. He's the current goat now that uh, Tom Brady is out to pasture on his career, and Patrick Mahomes on a on a bad leg got his thirty minutes to uh, get things right. Let's just say it that way. Got things right with the ankle. He comes out. Only got to scramble a couple of times. That last one though, I could tell. Like this guy, he is running with a leg that it, it reminded me of. Like when I get out of a chair and I got one leg that's pretty numb, and I try walking around. Like I get up and stumble a little bit. My head, I, my foot. Every time I put it down, it's really heavy. It's like he he wasn't running at one hundred percent. There's no doubt about that. But the way the offensive line protected him was crucial. The offensive line knew what they needed to do. It was a clear message. And I'm sur- I'm sure somebody either on that O-line, Patrick Mahomes or a coach loudly delivered that message to go out there and come back down 10, which by the way, back-to-back Super Bowl victories for Kansas City where they're at one point down mm-hmm. 10 points mm-hmm. and come back to get it done. And if it wasn't for that offensive line protecting Patrick Mahomes, Shout out to all those first-year Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco, Kadarius Toney, Juju Smith-Schuster. There's a number of them. 
a number of them that made made a huge impact in the Super Bowl victory for Kansas City. It really shows how how big this last offseason was for Kansas City to get back to the Super Bowl and only get back to it, win it, get it done against a very good Philadelphia Eagle team that did not look like the best defense in the NFL in the second half. They did not. No. Because Kansas City was scoring at will, moving the ball down the field, what felt like pretty much at will. Kansas City didn't convert a third down until the second half. Other than that first uh, first drive of the game for them, uh, didn't have a whole lot of possessions after that because of what you mentioned, time of possession. But Kansas City wasn't getting wasn't continuing drives, and against the Eagles, they converted a lot of big plays. The, dr- the plays that were drawn up for the wide receivers, the route running, to throw off the secondary of the Eagles. Miscommunications. Guys not being in the right spot. Bad reads. That's where Andy Reid came into play. That's where that coaching staff came into play, and they outcoached the Eagles in the second half to make that comeback. And to me, this is one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. Despite the ending, despite what you think about the ending, it still was a classic. And the strategy, people are freaking out. Freaking <laughs> out. Who was it, Tony? Uh, no, it was McKinnon. It was McKinnon that could have ran in the touchdown, the go-ahead score. Yes. And to give the Eagles back the ball with like a minute or so to go, something like that. But he stopped at the one-yard line, planted a seat, and uh, that's where the Chiefs took a couple of knees and they ran the clock down to whatever, six seconds, and kicked the field goal. Thought that was brilliant, and it was you know I thought it was for those that know football that was pretty obvious. You do not want to give the Eagles back the football in that moment with that amount of time left in a couple of of uh, well I think at the time there's maybe one timeout left, maybe two. I don't know, not important, but uh, it would have been important if they got the ball back where the Eagles right. And you do not want to give the Eagles back the ball because they I mean they got away with some busted coverage for Kansas City as in like. They got, maybe I shouldn't say busted coverage, it was just winning the deep balls. They should have had three, but they got two big plays on passing plays. And you don't want to get beat like that again, especially when the pressure is on. So to win the ball game like that, over five minutes to go on that last possession, you're running down to the final few seconds, kick the field goal, well done. Absolutely well done. And also people were complaining about, Oh, you t- going back to what we were saying earlier about the, the holding penalty. Oh, you yeah. took away the classic inning we deserved. I was like, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure Butker's going to hit that field goal anyway. It's just about getting the ball back to the Eagles and all that. I, 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 I've heard the Dan Patrick show complained about it. Oh, it shouldn't have been a hold. He took away the prestige and the prestige. Uh, legendariness of this game. Come on. I, I, do, I didn't see it that way at all. I, I thought it was a hold, and they called the penalty. I didn't care what point in the game it was. Welcome to the rules. All right. Um, here's the deal. We're going to continue with the Chiefs because so because of you know the rules when it comes to the rights of the broadcast for Mitch Holtis and the Chiefs radio network, I put together a montage of Mitch Holtis and his calls of the big moments from last night's Super Bowl victory, and that's coming up next. This is Wildcat Insider on K-Man. Wyatt Thompson will be joining us in the second hour at 510 for a couple of segments. 
He'll be joining us from Norman, Oklahoma. The Cats play at Oklahoma on Saturday, or on, on Tuesday, rather, at, at 8 o'clock. Cats play Iowa State on Saturday at 1 in Bramwich. By the way, your uh, bet on college game day yeah, came up empty. Yep. Going to, uh, going to Allen Fieldhouse. Going to Allen Fieldhouse, which I saw that game day, okay, so on Saturday was at uh, – was that Auburn, Auburn, Alabama for yep. the Alabama game, which tipped off at one? I mean, they they, I guess Auburn figured out how to have a how to have a game two hours after a live broadcast of College Game Day. But uh, God, ESPN, you know, they're just trying to. I don't know what their deal is being traditional. I guess. Oh well, you know, they're a blue blood, so let's uh, let's just uh, let's go there. Seri- Boring. Seriously, Texas is only a three and a half point favorite tonight at Texas Tech. Wow. Hey, let's go Red Raiders. Wow! Go force. Well, just, on the on the box score to say twenty three, but really they just forced like eight. <laughs> we'll get into that a little later, of course, as you know why yeah. it comes on. But uh, I mean, we're coming off you know a day after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. Also, you know, Cats not really uh, you know they're they're in a bit of a slump right now. Obviously, uh, you know, lost real, real, about four of their last six mm-hmm. games. Um, and lost four of their last five in conference play. Uh, did last week beat TCU, but on Saturday they lost to Texas Tech by the final of 71-63, where K-State turned it over 23 times. So I will not this week be playing any cat attack. But since the Chiefs won Super Bowl 57, I'll play the Chiefs version of the cat attack from Tech 9. Kansas City! You ready? You ready? Three, two, one, go! Welcome to the Red Kingdom! Yeah! Last night, Patrick Mahomes put to bed any argument of who the you know, current best quarterback in the NFL is. Agreed. No doubt about it at this point. And I'll leave it at that. All right, before the break, I tease that I have put together a montage of Chief highlights. Now, here on K-Man, we had to bring you Westwood One. Who was, who was on the call last night? Kevin. Harlan, Harlan, Harlan Warner, and uh, oh, Kurt they, Warner, yeah, they, and they oh, had nice. Gene. It's the Monday Night Crew. Oh, and okay. They, and they had Gene Steratore in the booth with them since CBS didn't have the televised, and um, Mike Golick and Laura o- uh, Oakman were on the sidelines. Good for you for having that down, because <laughs> I don't listen to Westwood One. <laughs> part of it was a listening, and part of it B was. Having dealt with Westwood One in the past as a programmer, I'm aware of okay. how they shake it out. I think the uh, the oh, the last seven or eight years, the only time I've listened to Westwood One is because of. Uh, well, I guess no. The um, I guess the World Series is ESPN. Mm-hmm. Okay, so never mind. So it's just if I happen to catch 
a little bit on the radio going yeah. to or from somewhere, and it's the Super Bowl, it's just because of the Chiefs. You yeah, know? Monday night, yeah. uh, Thursday night, Sunday night, and the playoffs. That's Westwood One's package nowadays. So if you haven't heard the highlights from Mitch Holtis, well, here you go. Buckle up, because they're coming at you right now. Here's a Mitch Holtis, Super Bowl 57, Chiefs highlight montage. And, you know, for the background music, there was really only one, only one song I thought that would be appropriate to go with. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side, Kelsey over the shoulder, he's got the catch, he's got the touchdown! Kansas City, a beautifully thrown ball as Mahomes to Kelsey, 18 yards officially, and the 14th time that Patrick Mahomes has found Travis Kelsey for a postseason touchdown second in National Football League history. Spread set. Hurts by himself in the backfield. Threat to run and throw. Crouches down. He wants to run it. Now the ball's out. He kicks the ball. It's picked up by Kansas City. They're going to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. A defensive score by Nick Bolton. End over end, shorter punt. And Tony will take it low at the 35. Now cuts back to the right. He's got a wall set. If he can get to the edge, they can either block the punter. They do. Tony's at the 40, up the sideline. At the 30, he's at the 20. Tony with the block trying to stay in plays down to the five-yard line. Tony ran out of gas on a 65-yard punt return. In the center of the field with McKinnon, the running back. A fast left side, wide open, Sky Moore, touchdown! Kansas City on a pivot route, and Kansas City has a chance now to get up by eight points on a four-yard touchdown pass by Holmes to Sky Moore. Townsend will hold it. 11 seconds left in Super Bowl 57, 35-35 tie. The kick is good, and Kansas City leads 38-35 with eight seconds to go in regulation in Super Bowl 57. The clock is going to be out of time, and the pass is going to be underthrown. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. Everyone, everyone who claims the Chiefs Kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection, a big red reflection. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. Woo! There's a whole lot of goats in Kansas City, isn't there? Got a goat farm out there at Kansas City. Mitch Holtis on the call. Six highlights there for you. Glad we got to hear those back because we had the Westwood One coverage. You could only hear his live call in Kansas City. Is it 610 that uh, has the call? No, the uh, Wolf 106.5. Oh, that's right. That's right. No, another excellent call, and, and Mitch Holtis told us, you know, He's nervous for every game, every Super Bowl, just every game in general because he knows that these uh, these calls will be uh, heard forever. And uh, those you just heard right there, if they were your first time hearing them, your tenth time hearing them, 
You probably don't want to stop hearing them. And they're going to be played, like Mitch Holtz has said, forever. All right. We'll take another break. We'll get to the Cats when we come back on Wildcat Insider. So Chris Stapleton was great on the National Anthem. Stellar. Phenomenal. People were crying. It was so good. No, that's just Nick Sirianni. Well, there was some, oh, was it Jason Kelsey who was also seen ulterior-eyed? I'm sure there were others. There was a gal at the, uh, the Super Bowl party. She's like, I love Chris Stapleton. And she was cheering up. He's a good guy. Great singer. Great, great, uh, great musician. But he took a little too long <laughs> on his national anthem. It was a little too long, Chris. I told everybody, over with Chris Stapleton. It was barely over. The over-under was 159. It clocked in at 202 is what I read. <laughs> 202. <laughs> and here's the deal. like To me, what makes, you know, not only the plays, you know, what takes place on the field, court, whatever, makes a game so great. But it's also the crowd. The mm-hmm. reaction, I mean, in wrestling, you don't have much unless you have a crowd. People reacting to what takes place. In the Super Bowl, that's one thing I just don't like about it. There's just too many people there that aren't Chiefs or Eagles fans, part of the fan base. People that are going to be cheering loud, going mm-hmm. nuts when a big play takes place. Because I'll have to go back and listen just to double check, but when I listened live and watched live, to Chris Stapleton's uh, national anthem, I don't think I heard very many home of the Chiefs. I didn't think I heard much of that. I was listening for it. And it man, I, I I don't know if it was the mics just not picking it up, but it, it sounded like there were a ton more Eagles fans and Chiefs fans. In listening to Mitch's final call, and it seemed like that at a point there, the stadium effects feed changed in the middle of the call, in that you started to hear more cheering and the like. And I wonder how much on his broadcast they're reliant on just the Fox field feed or the TV mm. field feed. I thought that was the mic. I thought that was the ref turning his mic on. And just saying that's the end oh, of the game or something. No, it wasn't. Wasn't? No. Oh, maybe I don't know. Maybe we're onto something. So uh, I, I, Fox had audio issues. I know on the streaming side that there were a lot of people during pregame that complained about being out of sync. I saw a lot of that take place uh, on Twitter through the afternoon. Um, so I don't know that they had a great broadcast in terms of the technical side. And was. Okay, I didn't watch it because I was sleeping, but so is <laughs> he Pepsi. Finally, he finally See, got rest. See, Travion hey, finally got some rest. As, he just as took much the heat Super as Bowl. he gives me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know this guy needs some rest. He works 21 hours a day. <laughs> but was Pepsi involved with the Super Bowl at all? Because like uh, the no. whole halftime show was like Apple Music. So no, I was like, Pepsi got out of doing the, the, the halftime. Uh, their contract expired last year, and so Apple took it. So, okay. So wait, you, like, you slept during... Rihanna. You missed Rihanna? Yeah, I watched it afterwards, though. Like, right when I got to work last night was when they were just wrapping up the game. So, Well, I I give Troy a a much harder time about this 
Because I know Travion's not a sports guy. But Troy, I mean, you you just sports you just are wait. almost your whole life. You that and you know, government, politics, history. You kind of have. Give me, give me, like, is it 70 30, 50 50 sports compared to your other interests? Oh, I'd say probably about 60 40 sports over it because I would a lot rather watch a ball game than a lot of things. Okay. But you went to bed with eight minutes left in the game. Because I knew I had to come in this morning and be prepared to talk about it and have the highlights Stop ready. right there. Stop right there. I know. I know. And you be just said to, to be prepared to talk about it. Sure. You missed the ending. You missed the holding. You missed the most dramatic parts of the game. And yet, what's the first thing I read this morning? The details on how what happened. But here's the deal. Like this is why saw the highlight. I love being a play-by-play broadcaster because, of course, you're there live, but you get the feeling of the game. You're running through the emotions of the game. And when you go to bed and you either watch oh, a yeah. replay or you read about it, you don't. Who knows how you would have felt? Sure. Feeling live, the the feelings you get watching live sometimes would tell a bigger story than just watching a replay or because it's 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 organic to you. Sure. And, and you're and reacting with everybody else. Absolutely valid. With everybody else. Absolutely valid. But I mean, you know, that that alarm goes off that early. I have to be here to be able to talk about it in the morning. Did you hear a lot of schools were either just not having school today or having a two-hour delay because of the Super Bowl? Yeah, there were a few. I'm interested to see what Kansas City schools do on Wednesday. Yeah, by the way, I was. thank you for reminding me to bring that up. This, the, uh, the parade details have been announced. Um, it'll be Wednesday. Parade starts at noon, rally at 145, and it's exactly, uh, well, not exactly, but uh, from today, uh, two months and two weeks until the draft that take place at the very same location as the rally. And that's a Union Station, of course, where Royals had the rally and also the Chiefs had the rally after 54. And it's the same parade route, so it's nothing uh, nothing to breaking news. It's just people want to know the, uh, the, date and, uh, the date and time. So, all right, I-70, uh, get ready for your exits to be all blocked up here in a few days. <laughs> so Bruce Springsteen's coming to Kansas City next Saturday. I'm excited to see if he, like, does anything. Oh, does, like, some sort of uh, – well, I'm sure he's either, like, a fan of the Jets or the Giants. Right. But it would be cool if he, like, said something. I don't know. Oh, he's, he'll, he'll figure out something. He's going to have Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey backstage before the show playing beer pong, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, what time is it? Well, again, I have uh, I have failed to get to the Cats yet. But um, K-State, K-State is not um, storyline number one today, even though it is you know, Wildcat Insider. And, you know, Wyatt Thompson will be joining us at 510 to talk about the Cats and because he's in Norman, Oklahoma for tomorrow's game, which talk about a must-win at this point. Oh, gosh, Must yes. win for a lot of reasons, just to get things right. Get things back on track. Mm-hmm. Things have been too sloppy lately. Yeah, you beat TCU without Mike Miles, but just lost to the second-worst team in the Big 12 – a lot of people would say you beat yourself. Let's let's squeeze in a little catch, just me and Troy, after this quick break on the Wildcat Insider.
So, Troy, since you're a Broncos fan, mm-hmm. I'm a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. I think Travion likes the Raiders. He's wearing black and silver today. I would go with the Giants just because it's New York. Oh, I see. I see what he's saying. He, his vacation in New York, he loved it so much he could live there and root for their teams. Uh huh. I see him working. Yeah. During uh, spring break, uh, me and my dad are going to go to L.A. and we're going to go to the Laker Knicks game. Oh, so good idea. I mean, it's not exactly you know Patrick Ewing uh, Knicks anymore, but yeah, it's uh, not Pat and Kobe. Uh. No, that'll be fun. I've only been to one NBA game, and it was a snoozer. I think that one would be a little bit more fun. It was, you know, Memphis Grizzlies, and uh, I think it was Charlotte. I think Charlotte was the other team. I was like, God, this, what a lame environment this is. Just boring. Nuggets in New Orleans, the only one I've been to. Hmm. And Monica and I both looked at each other later and went, yeah, we don't have to go back. I'm amazed you lived in that area for so long, you only made it to one NBA game. We never even got to an Avalanche game. Wow. I've always, I've never been to a hockey game. Well, when you realize what my schedule was in winter with... This guy and his schedule. Work comes first. No, I... When when your road trips are five-day trips, brother, my goodness. I hear you. You're going to find that out coming up this weekend. Uh, speaking of this weekend, the Cats uh, baseball team, the Bat Cats, opened their season on Friday, 6.30, against Stephen F. Austin. It opens a four-game series. Meanwhile, K-State hoops a loss on Saturday. They go 1-1 one one last week, and they're still 12th in the country. They don't move there. But, uh, man, talk about one of the roughest games to watch mm-hmm. this past Saturday. Losing to Texas Tech, uh, 71-63. It was rough because of the turnovers. And... It was frustrating to watch that take place as a K-State fan, just wanting in the win. My my expectations are so high now compared to what they were coming into the year. And I just wanted a team that was going to be able to make the NCAA tournament. They could sneak in as 11. I'd be very happy. But you know what? I'm spoiled now. Coach Tang <laughs> has made me a spoiled, entitled K-State fan that cannot take when a team struggles. And I lose it. I got to get on social media and start calling out players by name and blaming them for mistakes and talking trash. And then relatives of the coaching staff and the players get involved in the in the back and forth, and it gets a little bit messy. Now my frustration it, it peaked when you know Keontae Johnson missed that layup towards the end of the game because I was like, man, he, he was wanting the ball, didn't execute, and it was just kind of the exclamation point to where the slump is right now on where K-State has lost for the last five in Big 12 play. And they've lost four straight on the road in conference play after starting so hot. And, you know, as Coach Tang said it after the um, after the game Saturday, on where they were just outscoring. Um, they outscored Baylor in Texas on the road. Yeah. Um, but 23 turnovers, that's the most they've had this season, and it led to 28 points off turnover. Tang said it, post-game radio, post-game press conference, that was the difference of the game. Absolutely. I didn't keep track of this because nobody did, and I'm not going to go back to try to figure it out, but I would imagine at least over half were self-inflicted issues, self-inflicted turnovers, and I... I've said this multiple times. You go back to the KU game. Uh, 
the Texas game on where this team goes on a bad stretch. They're they're beating themselves. Mm-hmm. And you clean up the turnovers. And plus, I, also an issue in the Tech game, they just weren't hitting shots. They were getting some good looks, some open shots. Getting to the hoop wasn't exactly the easiest thing. But they were getting some looks. And Marquise Noel opened the game hitting a three-pointer, and then he misses his next nine. You know, he's in the, a bigger slump than anybody else. And it also... You know, I've called him the best player in the Big 12. He's not the best player in the Big 12 right now. He's not. No. No, and unfortunately, you can tell that that's hitting confidence, not so much on the shooting side. He's got his confidence there. It's the being tentative with the basketball. And I think all of the guys tended to look like they were tentative on Saturday. Yeah, and, Mar- and Keontae Johnson just had he had a bad game. He did. He was 3 of 11 from the field. He's 1 of 4 from 3. He had 9 points, 8 rebounds, but he also turned it over 5 times. You can't have your two best players adding up to 12 turnovers. And, you know, this team over the last four games, averaging 17 and a half turnovers, it's no bueno. It is clear, very clear, what the number one bugaboo has been in the last couple of weeks, the last two or three weeks for this team that's been leading to losses too many turnovers Mm -hmm. and now you're about to play an Oklahoma team that is one of the worst teams in the country enforcing turnovers we'll see how that goes and we'll talk to Wyatt after the break